You're listening to Red Nation Online. He's onside here, he's forced really wide. Support coming in the box in the form of Ricketts and Johnson, two Canadians in there. As Javinko goes for goal himself! Sebastian Javinko completes the hat-trick! The most memorable of nights for Toronto! Sunday, November 6th, it's Andre Zadarazny, Aaron Nielsen, I'm Ian Clark. We're back from the football factory in TFC's dominant Eastern Conference semifinal performances, winning 5-0 and 7-0 aggregate over NYCFC. Non-MVP Joe Vinko's hat-trick sealed the deal, while Josie Altidore and Jonathan Sorio offered insurance to one of, if not the best result in club history. We discussed the player performances, NYCFC as an opponent, and hype up arguably the most intense matchup that could be offered for the Eastern Conference Final as we look ahead to the Montreal Impact. It's all that and more on the next 45 minutes on Eastside Stand Up. <laughs> that's one way to spin it. We have nothing negative to say. Hey, did anyone think Chris Cummins watched that game? You guys, <laughs> you guys speak, and then my negative vibe will come out. Negative, uh, fucking Chris Cummins. What an asshole! Do you think you, do you think you watched that game? Yeah. Well, no. I don't. Know, where where is he now? Pumping gas? He's, no, he's back. In, no, he's coaching in England. Oh, is he really? I think he's got. Who's some, he coaching? Do I don't know? know. I'm sure she's got a gig. I think he's got a gig somewhere. Well, he was the coach that, that we lost. Right? No, he he lost five 0 the Red Bulls. That's oh, right. Oh, okay, All right. Okay. Okay, here's the okay. obviously the storyline I'm I'm trying to set up here is okay. now. Okay, it wasn't the Red Bulls, but I oh, think man. I think people might draw the the, the thread that our the biggest win in our club's history is arguably tonight a five 0 win in New York when our most god awful, like probably like the moment of this club's history was the five 0 loss in New York. So uh, I don't I don't know if this is is this redemption of any kind. Is anyone? I mean, I will say. Let's I'm, start I'm with. I hear you're just going to take clips from last week and put them. In. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, let's let's kick <laughs> let's let's kick it around, Andre. What are your what are your thoughts after uh, this? How do you feel? We've won. We've gone through this the round second round of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. We're in the Eastern Conference Finals now. Yeah. 7-0 aggregate. Yeah. This is 10-1 goals in playoffs so far. The strongest, How do you feel after strongest tonight? Strongest TFC team I've ever seen. And it's just, when it clicks... What does that mean, strongest team you've ever seen? Like, like right this moment? Right at this moment. Yeah, I can't think of a, more, a stronger team. Because, obviously, the playoffs is, is... Everything matters at the playoffs. You're, you're judged by your playoff run, essentially. And we've talked about this before, whether... You know, if Toronto had lost, we talked about this. If they had lost against Philadelphia... Where would we be? Well, how would we be thinking as TFC fans? Is it enough? All this kind of, you know, big philosophy we'd have behind it. But now, all those stats you've just rung off, it, you can't argue it. Has, this is the strongest, most offensive and positively defensive team. Everything's clicking. If Vanny has a time for this team to click, it's perfect timing. It's the best. Yeah, I'm actually happy. Yeah. I can't say I've ever been happy. I think, I think the circumstances <laughs> tonight kind of played dictated the game, right? You know, I thought that, uh, you know, as we mentioned last week, I thought that because NYC were basically out of it, and they're definitely out of it, what was the first goal scored in like the... Eight minutes. Right? Eight Six minutes, minutes in, minutes or, or within something. the first ten minutes. Yeah, and you know, at that point, they would have to score four 
to even <laughs> to come back. So, um, you know, I thought that, you know, I thought a lot of this game was almost a um, training exercise and stuff like that. And it was nice to see Toronto still had the ambition to still try to score. And it was good to see Azario score for sure. And it was good to see Javinko get his hat trick. Um, but, you know, I, again, I think it's, uh, I would love to see what, you know, I'm, I'm very confident against Montreal, but, you know, like, arguably, I think, you know, it was interesting because, you know, one of the main stories is when we had the last podcast was, is that, um, you know, Toronto media wanted to set the agenda for the season before the Philadelphia game even started, right? And it's almost ironic because we're so good. We should win it now, right? Like now, yeah. I'm going to be upset if we don't win it, yeah. right? Like, like if we lose to Montreal, and again, you know, we can go into, the, you know, the non-Toronto FC fan, the clinical analysis of the Montreal-Toronto game, which could be more closer and should be a lot more closer than the New York and uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia game. But you know, we're favorites. Like I, you know, I wouldn't see why not, right? You know, especially the way this playoff has sort of transpired, right? Because the Montreal beat the Red Bulls, and the Red Bulls were probably our worst, our biggest opponent. And then even in the, uh, you know, LA Galaxy loss today. And so I think Colorado's not very scary. And Seattle, you know, might be scary, but they Dallas is the best team in the league. And yeah. they knocked, we assume they knocked Dallas off. So, you know, we are, <laughs> Yeah. I feel like, I feel like the, you know, almost the um, bloody big deal. Cause of that, <laughs> we, we, are, we are favorites again. <laughs> like I haven't had to write the favorite article. Uh. You know, prior and many, <laughs> and maybe, uh, and then to throw out another overall game impression and to link up how this week has played out uh, in the media and things that have evolved. Whatever, think of the non MVP, uh, the non MVP performance from Joe Vinco, for example. Wow. Talk about shitting the bed. Three goals. Guy's a clown. It was like, I mean, someone had said earlier on ESPN or something and said this will give him impetus to to really come out and show his worth. And, I mean, who had any doubt, really? Yeah. But, like, yeah. When, but he's never needed that. No, that's what I'm yeah, saying. I mean, he's never needed yeah. any kind of... Like, he didn't need to get snubbed. Well, it's reality is, the reality is, is is that, you know, MLS is a marketing machine top-heavy, so they're not going to value player performance based on true player performance. They're going to do it for their the story. dialogue, their story. And to them, you know, to show that Juvenko's dominated the league as soon as he came here, it's almost becoming a negative aspect to the league, right? Why? Like that, well, just that, you know, it's the same guy, right? Like this one guy came here and basically put the league on his back and, and yeah. did whatever he Not did. in a market that they care neg- about. But it's not a negative thing. Like, I mean, it should only show that they're, they're getting players uh, I think, that you know, are successful. I think the interesting question is, is if you're in another league, like say, you know, they don't really give out MVPs, but if you're in Premier League or the uh, Serie A, you don't like giving the MVP to the same guy consecutive right. seasons because it seems like your league is a one horse pony where you want to give it to other players that you can add to promotional. But MLS stuff is a one horse pony. Well, yeah, is it prob- not? <laughs> probably. <laughs> I mean, you know, shouldn't like they? I, I mean, they should be more embracing. Like, I mean, going back to the Villa non red card or non. Well, I think I think the interesting right? I think the interesting thing tonight is in you know despite him only playing two seasons in the league, you could arguably. I think you could easily say Jovinko's the greatest player in MLS because he's a player who had a bit of a reputation coming into the league mm. as a player who's dominated the league now. You know, the other cases have been guys who sort of have to prove themselves here, right? Who yeah. who've kind of left on with their, you know, um, 
you know, legs or whatever, their tail between their legs, even Robbie Keane in yeah, England, you know, yeah. he was kind of regarded as a laugh when he was at Liverpool and he had to prove himself when he came here. Jovinko kind of, you know, it's been smooth sailing. It hasn't been a sort yeah. of, you know. But to back up the, the point or, you know, to answer your question, why was it negative? I mean, you, when you talk about the players that have come into this league, that the league has clearly been able to market around, Jovinko's not one of those guys. And even in Toronto FC, it's always been Bradley first, yeah. Altidore second, yeah. Jovinko third. When we all knew who Jovinko was, yeah. like, you know, I guess you could say hardcores knew Jovinko. Aaron was probably the only person I knew who was probably going to say he could be the best player this league has ever seen. Yeah, we all got killed on Reddit for that. Yeah, that, that got laughed off, laughed off the internet for him saying that. And here we are two years later, and it's... And, I think anyone who has two eyes and doesn't have a bias can clearly see that he's far and away the mo the best player this league has ever had. Yeah. Um, and I think that's sort of I think that's where that comment is coming from. Is but why not embrace him? Why why shun him? Well, it's well, look why not? There's a lot of things you could say that why is this league not embracing X Y Z? And it seems like every year that's always about L A and New York. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what they want. Well, and, again, and again, the irony is, and it's interesting because one of the first podcasts that I was on with you was that weird final with Kansas City and uh, who was Kansas City playing the final where it was like small market teams. Oh, it was the, Real Salt Lake. Yeah, Real Salt Lake. And, you know, you I love that final. I, no, I think this is positive for the league. Like the league has established them themselves and it's not the context, you know, the, the marketing uh, um, story who's creating this league. The league is creating these stories themselves. And I think, you know, I think Montreal, which is probably a team ignored by everybody, even people in Toronto, you know, st strategically and how they play are probably one of the most interesting teams if you follow European soccer in the league. And I think next game will probably be the two, um, you know, two of the top games in the league, you know, because it, it always sort of you know, like we're never surprised by MLS. Like we we went to the final last year between Portland and Columbus, and we're probably one of the only people in you know we know Portland and Columbus, right? And we like guys on their team, and we dislike guys on their team. And the final turned out what the final was. You know, I think this is almost a development of the league, right? That sure. that teams can go into their own direction and go out of their way and find guys. And, and, you know, I know this from within the league that that's the case. You know, when you talk to teams, they're saying, how can I find an extra Ovenko? How can I find a team, you know, how can I develop a team to build guys around who are going to be stars, not because they're coming into the league because they were stars in Italy or stars in, um, in England, but become stars in MLS. And I think Jovinko certainly has done that. Yeah. And if we come into this match proper, guys, obviously we all, everyone knows the, the last game at BMO Field, 2-0 win. Uh, the goals came late, and I think one thing, you know, through the game, we, we made comments about it, Aaron, so I don't know if I, how deep I want to rehash, but just saying that, you know, it ended up in a great favor for Toronto for a game for most of it that was nil-nil. Yeah. And we sort of we sort of framed that looked like um, Vieira was kind of doing this, you know, trying to maybe roll the dice and hope for a nil-nil draw and then see how things came out in New York City. Didn't play his strongest you know, possibly the strongest starting 11. We hear rumors that there may have been a backroom meeting <laughs> through the week to kind of give him shit. Uh, and then Toronto, once again, Andre rolls out the 3-5-2. Uh, the formation that, and the, and the starting 11 that hasn't changed. And it's like, what else can you say about, you know, we've kind of had our, you know, um, pros and cons and laying out, you know, who our best starting 11 is and what our thoughts have been of certain players through the season, like a Josie Altador, what our initial reaction was to an Armando Cooper. 
you know, how Bradley's been deployed, and even players like Zavalletta and Hagland and, in your instance, Irwin in goal. And here we are getting into the Eastern Conference Finals. And what, what do you think about how, 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 this is, how this has evolved and how, how these players have gotten us where we are? Yeah, how much of this is, a, is just like a fluke? Because, because oh, no, but think about it this way. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow, okay. No, 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 I'm not being negative. But think about this. Don't uh, say nothing, Aaron. <laughs> just chill. Just sit back. By all intents and purposes, Andre will take us home. By all intents and purposes, <laughs> by all intents and purposes. No, I'm super happy. But I'm just thinking when you're talking there, I was like, wait a minute. Like when you're running all the players, every player that for the last month and a half or six weeks, we we're like, fuck A, B, and C. Why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they? Doing this? By all intents and purposes, okay, Philadelphia was the what w- the winner, but we probably, if the way we were playing coming into the playoffs, we shouldn't have even beaten NC- NYCFC, right? Or we they would have given us a, a a harder a harder test, but yet it all clicks. Now I can't answer your question. I have no idea why this is clicking because. The way we were playing against Orlando and the way we were playing uh, later, you know, in the final few games, it just was like, okay, well, we'll get in. We might lose, probably lose against NC- NYCFC and we'll build off this. Yeah. But now we look amazing. Now, why didn't we play like this before? We didn't well, have the starting 11. Well, no, the iron. We didn't have the starting yeah. 11 until about three weeks before the season ended. Mm, yeah. So there's something to be said about that. So maybe when Giovinco came. No, I'm not going to be as simple as less simplistic as saying chalk him to consistency. But there is, I think, something to say that, you know, obviously our non MVP. Yeah. <laughs> is is a key factor in how this team, how, yeah, you know, yeah. what stirs the drink, so to speak. But if a team doesn't wait, if, but if a team doesn't practice together and it, there's a consistency hasn't happened for several months, I mean, this is an amazing, this is an amazing thing that's happening. But it defies all expectation for me. And I really think about it. You know, the team hasn't trained in this starting eleven for a long time since before the playoffs because there's injuries and 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 the constant shuffling and different formations and 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 he's and Vanny's changing things up he's being a good coach right trying what's going to be successful then what's making this because because of the pressure you think all of a sudden now because there's a real reason to stay in it and to win for the fans for the city or for themselves that's probably what it is well I think I think the interesting thing and it's funny because as we were walking here we're talking about football manager I think if certainly in my choice if I was managing this you know, I'm not saying I'm in that role but if I was managing this team based on the players that they have you know I probably might not play the 532 I'd probably take out one of uh, Hagland and Zavaleta and put in Johnson or Sheru but you know this is the team right like arguably from day 1 you know I think you could read my season preview you know and that was the team you know like it was we lack an attacking midfielder to help um, really? You know, if Bradley's not going to be that guy, right. we lack that, and Cooper is yeah. in that role. But otherwise, I think this is our four. You know, our four three two. You're right, and you know, to credit to to Ian, you know, you're the one who is always against Perky. So I assume. <laughs> You know, Zavaleta. <laughs> I knew you know, it from the start. Zavaleta. You heard it here first. <laughs> Nostradamus. No, but Zavaleta and Hagelin playing. Um, <laughs> Uh, would would be the word, um, um, you know, scared football or you know defensive football is better than P- than than Perky. Uh, Perky thinking he's the shit, right? So arguably, I think you know, if I was given this team and you said this was my team going into the playoffs, you know that that's our argument last week again, not to not to belittle what Toronto FC has succeeded. Our you know this has been a weird season because we never expected Philadelphia and New York City FC. To make it this far at the end, yeah. you know, if we were playing the Red Bulls tonight and we beat the Red Bulls five yeah. nothing, I'm sure 
Ian and I would both be like, holy fuck, we're fucking wicked, right? <laughs> if we beat, uh, you know, some other teams, we would have been more confident. And, you know, I, like, I'm, I'm with the momentum, mm. so I do feel very confident going into those games with Montreal. So maybe it is a juggernaut, and when we come back and have an end-of-the-season podcast after the final, we could say, hey, man, this was a great, a better team than what we expected. But on the other hand, you know, I think we're getting what we deserve. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. and, and to add to that, what I was, was speaking last week is, is that I think Eltador and Bradley are big situation players. Yeah. And, and, you know, if they were out every day in Serie A or EPL or whatever, they would get that experience every game. And here it looks kind of weird because Bradley, especially with the salary attached to him, and even Eltador, you expect something more from him when he's playing against, you know, everyday MLS guy in, in the day. But, you know, like, honestly, even if today was 0-0, would I have taken New York over Toronto in a million years yeah. today? You know, looking yeah. at what Lampard can do for you, looking at what, you know, I'm, you know, Villa's decent and he has good stats this year, but Villa also has good stats this year because he he is the team on his back, right? You know, Villa is almost comparable to Giovinco last year in terms of what it, what I need to do to succeed, not how I'm succeeding as a team. Yeah. And today it seemed that, you know, Giovinco seems comfortable with the guys he's playing with, yeah. right? And although he took shots on his own and arguably in the last goal, he could have passed the post to take a shot himself, he's, he's playing with those guys. And that's just the add-on development, you know, argue, you, know, I, you know, we probably did say this, but in analyzing the team a year ago, we would have said, hey, you know, we like what we got, you know, get Javinko in there, you know, get him to play with other guys and, you know, understand other players better, um, um, you know, make the defense more secure and we're good. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and get, you know, goaltending too, you know, sure. you put a more secure goalie in and, you know, I think, you know, I think, I think when they win it, Toronto should give us credit for <laughs> yeah, yeah. Notice we haven't. I noticed this season haven't heard too much about Joe Bendick down the stretch. Funny, right? funny, funny that is to the Toronto media. See, he was so hyped up at the end of last year and the beginning of the season, but not. You know, it's ir- It's a, an irony. Is is one of the reasons I struggle writing TFC articles on Red Nation Online is they basically have done almost everything we said that they should do to be successful, and I think now we're. You know, to them themselves, and you can feel it after the game when they're doing their own interviews. It's now we deserve recognition for what we've done to get to the to the, this area. Yeah, and, you know. Um, and, and just to tack on to one point where you, you made that when you're talking about our, our defense, and and then adding on to this another that other development this week, and myself eating a bit of crow from the start of the season because there was also you know we're talking about the best defenders in the oh, league. Yeah, yeah. No mention of Drew Moore. Yeah. Uh, oddly enough, and a guy who you know when you when we talk about that back line and we said. Who, who was he was paired up with, and I never would have thought at the start of the year that it would have been Moore who sort of would have been the anchor. I always thought he would have been sort of the complimentary guy to yeah. someone else. And fuck, man, he's been well. I was almost, I was almost, you know, because I am very cynical when it comes to the MLS, and I'm almost thinking like, oh, Drew Moore was one of those guys who was the first free agent, and a guy like we don't want to advertise that. We want to advertise young defenders that the MLS will control for the next three or four years, opposed to a guy who now he has this extra, you know, because he's a free agent after this season as well. And so now that he has this extra credit, you know, teams are going to go out of their way to sign this guy for a huge amount of money. And we've always argued about that, that, you know, I don't think a DP, um, you know, I don't think a defender is DP worthy, but I think he's decent money worthy if you yeah. get a decent, you know, Saman, you know, in Montreal, when we talk about mm-hmm. the game coming up, he's another example of that where, 
you know, these risks that people would not necessarily feel is the marketing side of MLS has rewarded MLS teams quite handsomely. Yeah, who was that Swedish center back? Remember the guy we were supposed to sign? Oh, yeah. Um, no, Shit, no, it was, was Al- Alberg, wasn't it? The, yeah, yeah, Alberg. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Wait, was it Alberg? I think so. Yeah, the Villa guy. Yeah, anyways, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he would have there, been made. Yeah. Um, probably not, but it probably hurt our championship. Yeah. So, and then let's you know quickly run through what was you know out of the gate. It's, you know, I don't want to say surprising, but it, no, it wasn't surprising because we didn't like we all. I would say we all didn't think much of New York heading into this, even with no, yeah. Lampard starting. You were worried. <laughs> well, I don't like counting. Well, like I got you guys say, Andre, we have to be fair because you. I mean, you were like. I was never sure about the Philadelphia game. Yeah. I mean, which is, I think is totally fair. And, and part of myself was like, you know, we're all selling, you know, Andre, or, uh, Aaron here is like, haha, we got this locked up. And I was like, I was like, whoa. I'm like, just hold on yeah. for another 50 minutes at least. Can we at least wait to the second half? And you're like, no, no, I told you this is going to be a shit show. And it was like, yeah, it says, well, it ended up that way. But I think we were both kind of like, well, that's, but I'm hesitant. I mean, you got to, I mean, that opening six minutes. Yeah. I don't even think New York got cool. the ball out of their half, yeah. and then the goals that that uh, that uh, Joe Vingel created there. Yeah. I the mean, they, did, they didn't. They went in there wanting to score more goals. What more could you ask? How many times have like I would have thought for sure they'd sit back and protect the two 0 from home, but it was or even try to go get the, nick the one goal and then and then sit back. And they went out. They went full throttle. When did you see Toronto see ever do that? I think that's part of the confidence that they knew they were a better team, right? Like like I think they felt almost slightly embarrassed from the Toronto game that they didn't, you know, I think they were surprised, right? Because I think they were expecting Perlo or another midfielder to be in. They weren't expecting it to be a fight with Lopez running around like an idiot. So I thought they felt like, holy shit, now it's our time to prove Prove ourselves that we are, you know, that we are a better team, you know, player for player than New York City FC. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what they showed. And there was very little, you know, this was the, I, I, you know, you can make the comment with the Nicaragua game, but I thought this was the least stressful Toronto FC game I've ever yeah. had to face, right? Was, because you, you were winning if you lost four two, right? So it wasn't there wasn't a lot of extension. There's something going on there. Gang, gang flashlights. Real people with flashlights on <laughs> the basketball court. Well, yeah, that was that was your question as a watching. Is this is the easy? Is this the easiest game Toronto's ever played? It was almost. I almost felt guilty feeling that because I felt that right. I mean, going in there, going, yeah, we we were two nil up, and you, we we're talking about how much the aggregate would have to be for the for for New York to come back, and it was just like, part little part of me was like, oh, we got this, we got this, yeah. You know? And but there's also the realist, and the one. There's also the realist in me, and it's like uh, the one that's been disappointed. And then when you talk about the five nothing romp, I mean the most humiliating time I think for me as a TFC player, and being in Japan watching this in 2009 <laughs> and feeling so alone. Supporter, you mean a supporter? A supporter, being so alone <laughs> yeah. and being like I was like gutted. And then, which, and this to me is like there's still that part of me that exists. I think for any TFC fan, yeah, because yeah, most yeah. of us can't believe it. how many. You can't say that all of us believe this was going to happen. Well, I got you. Maybe I think it's good, but not not the layman. Not the layman. Like when I get emotionally attached to TFC, I always you know look like an idiot. It's when I have an outside <laughs> perspective and just look at the stat, the, the facts yeah. that you know gives me the sense. But this is a good question since you know that was the other question, like. Is this the most confident you felt about Toronto FC? Like, do you feel, you know, we'll go into the Montreal. I think the Montreal well, game is more important than this game yeah. itself, yeah. right? Like, you know, because that's, you know, to everybody, I think that's interesting. But 
you know, like, have you ever been this confident after a TFC? Yeah, game? I like, think I think probably like most people who have followed this team since the beginning this year, especially, probably looked at this team and result whatever like just looked at the makeup and were like this this should be the team that that can deliver mm-hmm. like you looked at it and you're like you know I, there was some little bits that i wasn't too sure about like i said the defending and stuff like that but as the season kind of started to come out and you saw some of the potential from last year you i think you could say to yourself you're like we should be this good and now it's like you're at a point where you see it's like fuck yeah now they're it's almost hard they're to playing believe. Yeah. as yeah. good they're like playing as good as yeah as that make of the roster indicates. And especially, I think, through the summer, I, I really think the additions of Ricketts and Cooper kind yeah. of, like, s- f- rounded it off. Because there was a point through the year where, like, you could kind of be like, I don't think Endo and Delgado are the answer right now. Like, they're not the guys that are going to... And Chapman, as much as you like to see their development, yeah. Chapman, Babuli, Endo, and Delgado, as much as you, like, want to see young guys coming through... They weren't like these aren't the, they aren't the guys that are going to sort of like seal the yeah. deal and finish it off and bringing in guys like Ricketts and Cooper who are at a point in their careers where they have the experience and I think they're probably both hungry for success. I think that's the, maybe the last little bit of ingredient that's helping push this team to get them where yeah. they're at and then complimenting them with guys like Bradley who are now playing well, out I, would of their e- skin. I would even add to that the fact that you know because it was the story of the season was Jonathan Osorio being re- rejected by the Canadian national team and him yeah, trying great. to prove because he came back the first game after that break and he scored a goal and it, since then he's been sort of a key player of that starting 11 right like Yeah I think he's been I think he's been pretty like he's proven himself probably since August like yeah. or, same as last year, like that point in the year where it's you know like last last year there was points of the season and this year's been point season where you get this sort of mixed, you know mixed mixed uh, views mixed reviews on him where some people like him some people don't but for me it was like probably around August or maybe late July where I was just like there's he's clearly yeah. like he's clearly a starter on this team and he's and he's emerging as that MLS level starter yeah. right. Where it's like he's he plays more good games than he has bad games, and there's and, there, and more more often than not he's like in the game, so yeah. to speak. He might not be shining, but he's in the game, and he's not he's not like a negative influence on it. Like we saw Delgado being subbed out at halves yeah. several games in a row, yeah. and then for again for tonight for you know for you know he fucking John and then shot the ball and scored. It's <laughs> a little inside joke. Um, <laughs> scored a scored a you know and it was clinical right because yeah, yeah. and there, there's the criticism that we was out having that he sort of and he had a play earlier in the game where he was kind of dribbling and kind of getting a little bit cute and uh, what we've seen from him in, in that la- in this last month is that he'll get the chance and he'll just a couple goals where he just fucking he just hammered it in yeah yeah which is like that's, and, and again I think I think always the case with Jonathan Serio we give you know it's it's a fair criticism. But if you compared it to other MLS, every MLS team is, you know, the way the structure of an MLS roster is set up with, you know, DPs, key players, and then guys, you just have to fill out your final 11. And tonight, we saw it with New York, how, you know, their fill out for the final 11 is, you know, equally as frustrating for New York fans or whoever you're, you're supporting. And that's why it's interesting with the Montreal-Toronto, because I think both of those teams have done the best job and exploiting the, the the key veterans and at the same time using the younger you know m- more naive players in roles you know like in the case of montreal mouse comes on when you need 
you know, final 10 minutes just to, cause, to hold up the ball. Um, you know, other guys have come in when they needed it, but the core of that lineup is their senior talent. Predominantly, the DPs run that team. And I think Toronto's is the same thing. And so I think it'll be a very, you know, this is where my confidence wanes yeah. <laughs> a bit because I think it'll be a very, you know, I, I, I like Toronto's chances, but I do. Like, if you know, if I was playing odds on this, I would almost put it as a 50-50, right? Yeah. I was, I, well, that's, I think my next, the next thing I, was gonna, I wanted to roll in is now the matchup against Montreal, which I think is, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think we aren't going to see a push from the league that we would hope. But I hope that the people who are so like hardcore, like football nerds, will see that this is like Montreal's played us fucking well yeah. over the last couple of years, and you know, looking at the last last years in the playoffs, I mean, they figured it out, and they well, they put a, out a strategy, they put out a, like a game plan and approach that. To be like, honest with you, the two games this year until we reached the playoffs that were soccer, soccer, right? You know, like Serie B, Serie A, was that game. In, in Montreal where we won and, and dominated them defensively and that game where they came back undermanned and beat us one you know the one with the, Yo, the yeah. big hype show and everything like that and they you know fooled us right and like that like that you could you know you could transport that to yeah. Champions two away League wins or two something away like wins. that and you could get that and and it could yeah. you know dictate to that thing you know you know the way Montreal played us in that home game here is very much like a, a no-name country playing Arsenal yeah. or a big team in, in Europe. Right. And the way we manhandled the team here is like a very good defensive style team and controlling a game. And, and it'll be interesting how that works. And it should be said that the one team that has able, been able to hold Javinko down has been Montreal for, you know, since Last two Javinko years. came into yeah. the league. Yeah. But with, you know, like going, like swinging back to that, we have all our DPs are playing. I mean, since all the DPs have been playing together, we're the strongest we ever well, been. Well, Drog was back. So. And Drog was back. <laughs> Drog played today, and first time he played was September 28th or 29th. Um, and he, he touches him, I mean, he's just, uh, he's who he is, you know? So we have to be wary of that. Now, who knows if he'll start or not, yeah, and yeah, if there's still all that yeah. shenanigans going on or whatever. But <clears throat> with the Rickets, like, all these guys have played everywhere. And I think that's what's really coming into play here. And... I think the confidence coming from this, and it's almost a shame that we have two weeks, because the momentum is so so big oh, yeah. at it's this building. moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's yeah. crescendoing, and, and like God, I wish we could play next Korea. weekend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. It's all about Korea, now, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> isn't it Korea? Canada, Canada plays South Korea, right? Oh, oh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was like, this was a summer podcast. We'd be done <laughs> TFC right now. Like, We'd be spending the last right. half hour talking about. I was like, about I Korea. don't know. Is it about Korea? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what about it? If it was a summer podcast, we'd be ending TFC now. We'd be oh, every time again. Yeah, that's right, exactly. Like, who should try exactly. for a Canada for exactly. you to play Korea? Got it, got it. But I think that, yeah, I mean. Okay, so you're right. That is a little too bad, right? Because, and now, like, we're at Football Factory, and this was the most packed it's been for the last yeah, fucking five years. For like seven years yeah. it's never been. Well, that's not true. There's been a couple of times it's been really busy. But, I mean with people singing and chanting and freaking out like that, it's only been a couple times I could think of in the last couple of years where it's been that busy, so. Well, the irony is one of the reasons I give Toronto advantage is the fact that Montreal is choosing to play in Olympic Stadium because I think that you'll get a third of the crowd at that game, Toronto, you know, fans mm -hmm. and stuff. Like, like, I don't think people outside of Toronto understand the momentum 
towards Toronto FC within the city. You know, part of it, I think that was added because of the momentum with the Blue Jays when the Blue Jays were successful and we just want to be part of a winner. But, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there is 10, 15,000 people at that Montreal game who are from Toronto. Right? Although it is a Tuesday night. Yeah, well, that's true. That's so that's, true. that's I true. think that's going to cause a problem because of the Grey Cup is on the 27th, right? 26th. So, no, is it Saturday? I thought it was a Sunday. Sunday. 20, isn't it 27th is Sunday. Oh, 27th. Yeah, so oh, that's okay. why we're not, we, I, I mean, all our games have been on Sundays, and uh -huh. I guess they, and now it's a, Tuesday is the first leg in Montreal, and then the Wednesday, the 30th, will be the second leg. So that's an artificial pitch, isn't it? At the Olympic Stadium, it's artificial. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it's garbage. That's also may come into play, right? Yeah. But Montreal's had, you know, clutch game success in yeah, that yeah. stadium. Yeah. So I've been. Mean, I love well, that's that. That's the Concacaf Champions League. Yeah. 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 Is uh, Porter still on the team? No. No, he got traded. Thank to God. For uh, Dia. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Um, It'll be huge. Whatever happens, it's going to be. The most meaning, the most meaningful game. If we're talking about fabricated, I mean Toronto Montreal, and it's never really a fabricated, you know, uh, yeah. rivalry. But because of hockey, but this may tip it over the edge because it's always kind of been cagey. But this is now. Well, this, this is, is, like is the this is up. the most on the line I think that's ever been huge. for both teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, and I then mean, this is that. this is going to the yeah, yeah, MLS yeah, Cup. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 huge. Like it's great. Yeah. Like Bradley said in his, his post-game interview, it's like, you can't write this shit. Yeah. Right? This is awesome. Toronto against Montreal. And who cares? MLSC, oh, they line may not was like... wicked as well. What did he say again? He said, he said, do you care that it's Montreal and Toronto in, oh. in, in the final, or in the Eastern final? Because I only care if Toronto wins. Wins, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's true. They go out there yeah. and, and kick some ass. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's... it's, it's... Fair. Yeah, he was a, he was a bit smoother than that halftime uh, interview he did. It was like, whoa, oh, I'm freaking idiots. <laughs> you see that one? No. <laughs> so you didn't? Look it up. <coughs> he did a, he did oh, a pretty, yeah, a pretty yeah, epic yeah. halftime interview where it was like, we're all playing like a bunch of freaking idiots out there. We have passed the ball. Freaking, he's freaking, freaking, he was like, no. It was pretty awesome. Made me like him even more. Like I said, I'm going to get a oh, TFC. Yeah, yeah, My yeah. TFC jersey is going to have a Sorio on the back. Yeah, I think. Um, Tells like it is. And I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of other ways we can hype up this game because I just really think that I, I just don't know what else. Like even if we got New York, I mean New York would have been like, yeah, we're like slaying a giant. Yeah. But I mean Montreal. Yeah, I, I, Montreal I, I, is going to bring a lot. Like this. It's going to. I think the the game itself is going to be. It's going to be really good. Like it's going to be cagey. It's going to be edgier seat, and of of any team out there, pretty much. Like I can't think of who. What more drama you could get with everything on the line than playing as Montreal right now? Yeah. And they're playing like, and they're good. Like, you know, the the story like Piatti is. Piatti, Piatti wasn't in the MVP discussion no, either, no, was he? No, no, no. What a joke! <laughs> what a fucking joke, eh? And there, there's a, there's another thing to add to that, Andre. It's just like there's no there's no story that there's no marketing for that. The Montreal Impact no. getting an MVP candidate. Yeah. Boring. It's sad. It's. Sad. I mean, I get it. It's all business. It's always just about business, right? I mean, like the. Well, as I said, I mentioned jokingly inside. One of the iron uh. ages was with the old NASL. One of the demises was the Cosmos and what they did. But the other story was is the success of the Canadian team yeah. because the Canadian teams, you know, the Metros at the time and the Supra and Montreal and the Whitecaps and Vancouver especially started dominating the league towards the end. And you know, I don't. You know, I assume. It'd be funny if they're on Unimass, but I assume the next two games are on ESPN, and I don't know how much. Hopefully, you know, hopefully the American audience will, you know, come to Toronto and. Well, I was gonna say, I mean, if they if they 
they can try to market it with Drogba and with oh, Altidore and Bradley, Bradley right? right? So if they're smart, maybe they'll find the angle from the international break and try to pump those guys up. So this say, week is the start of the World Cup qualifying, right? Yeah. So both Altidore and Bradley will be with USA yeah. for whatever USA is doing. So. Okay. Yeah. 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 So they hope they will uh, both get injured. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> oh shit. Sorry. Should I delete that, guys? Sure. Yeah. It says it. It's fine. Hey, if it happens, it's not my fault. Yeah. Um, so maybe, oh, and then, you know what, the other thing I wanted to just touch on, of course, is let's even, let's even daydream one step further of what could be coming out of the West and what that could mean. Oh, because, you know, I want I wanted to connect out of the West is left is obviously Colorado and Seattle. Yeah. And, and then, obviously, if, if Toronto, if we get through, I think there's also a great story if Seattle gets to the final. And if it was the Toronto-Seattle final, for example. Oh yeah, yeah. In I mean, terms of in terms of you know, it's almost because we just had experienced the Cubs and the Indians, and yeah. even though the MLS hasn't been around so long, the two teams who have put the greatest amount of effort to try to win has been Seattle and Toronto, and in that sense, you have a story. Now, the irony is, is I think the Colorado story is the story because Colorado won their MLS Cup, or did they? they oh yeah, in Toronto. In Toronto. Holy shit! Stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How so fucking they're... funny would that be to Toronto <laughs> then do a win in Colorado? Yeah. And so, Boom! And so, yeah, and um, yeah, no. So, um, great job, Aaron. Thank you. <laughs> um, no, no. You know, again, I think I think the MLS is beginning to write itself in terms of stories and stuff like that. I think some of the stories are ridiculous, like the MVP voting and things like that. But I think on the pitch, they're beginning to you know justify their you know, effort. Yeah, the money they put behind it and all this kind of stuff. And and I think solid found solid. Um, franchises, yeah, right. You know, I think I think Montreal and Toronto are franchises in the MLS that should be successful for years to come, and I think Seattle certainly, and I think Colorado to some extent. So, yeah, it's a. I think this is a pretty exciting Final Four. Yeah, um, and if the league does it right, I just and it, I just don't see how they can't. You know, as much as we've we gripe and we most know that you know in their in their dreams, it's always LA, New York. That's what they're always. But they can't grow with just marketing two two teams with. No, but it's you know it's like uh, with you know small segue where it's just like you know I'm the UFC right now. It's like fucking title matches mean nothing. They just want to get Conor McGregor with someone that just generates the most money, and now you're just seeing money fights, and and it's like well now you've just what's the point of these fucking titles? And And then it's like in the the irony now again it was over for my opinion last Sunday. But if Montreal and Toronto didn't get through, it would have been the New York, <laughs> New York, <laughs> you know, New York, New York yeah. battle. And I'm sure MLS wanted, oh, you know, oh, to God, hype up the Derby. Now, how much 401 Derby? Did we have a 401 Derby drinking game this week? How many times 401 Derby oh, gets? Oh Yeah. Well, <laughs> or next week after the break, they'll start. They'll crank it up Darby. a notch. Um, but yeah, no, I just think that. Um, yeah, you know, again, I think it's, it's you know, the talent on the pitch. And again, I think the true MLS fans recognize that, and so I don't think there is. But like, um, the, like, you were, like he was saying, like, you know, marketing, like, this is perfect for MLS. Be like, look how much well, you've I grown. Think, I think, the yeah. depth. We're talking about depth. Yeah. You don't want to just be a, a megastar. Yeah, like, like, oh, there's only one team that has good players. That's LA. Well, I, I, and, like, I, I, in New York. It's like, I, now I, there's, a lot, there's a lot of great teams. Nobody and respects all, MLS. I have an interesting question because someone who knows me but doesn't follow TFC kind of asked me this question, right? How much of, you, we know with the Blue Jays' success that a lot of their audience was bandwagon jumpers because Toronto was successful and in, in going into the playoffs and stuff like that. 
Do you think we can grab a, more, a greater momentum than just the uh, 30,000 who go to TFC games? Do you or think you're implying that, yeah. Like with this Montreal series that could get a lot of hype and could yeah. get a lot of press and could get a lot of media, you expect the Toronto Sun sports pages will yeah. have the cover a few times. Um, and then the final. Like, can we get a, you know, like if the final's in Colorado, can we get a, um, you know, a street party out to support that game? Or, or is, are we going to have to go to the local bar to watch that game? Can we? Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, basically close down, like, yeah. um, Dundas, Dundas Square. Square. Yeah, yeah, like the Raptors. Or or I think, Jurassic yeah, Park. you know what? I think I do. Yeah. I do, yeah. I, I think, I think this team is like, it's always had, it's, it's just been, it's always been consistency. Um, you know, it's not been a you know consistently performing team, consistently exciting team. Yeah. You know, we saw in the Champions League, you know, at, you know, starting cold. Literally, that yeah. LA game was there was nothing leading up to it in terms of other games. They just season ended, and the next round started, and the first game of the year was against LA, and there was fifty thousand people okay. in the dome. Yeah. So I'm pretty confident. Um, should the occasion arise that we can get those kind of numbers of people behind them, and yeah, you know, some of them will be. Casual Toronto sports fans, but yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm seeing that. I saw that in the last two games. Yeah. Once well, we were, we were in the, the park a year ago, and the girl was walking her dog around, and then she was wondering what we were doing. And then we said, "Oh, we're doing a TFC podcast." She's like, "Oh, I like Javinko. I hope he does well." Oh yeah. <laughs> and she enough. didn't have any knowledge of soccer, or, or you know, really. She said she was Italian. That's yeah. what she wanted Javinko yeah, to do is. well. Oh, <laughs> you got, hey, you're, you got better memory than me. <laughs> it's usually the other way around. Aaron's like duped me twice tonight. Um, <laughs> But uh, no, I I I really do. I think um, I, I just think you know t- Toronto is a city that latches on onto momentum. You okay. know that that is the truth. And oh. I think and I think that uh, you know TFCs is getting some of that, and they definitely could if if and whether it's like you know Colorado. I think I think I think you could, I think you could see at well, minimum the, a thousand Toronto fans in that oh, game, okay, okay. possibly. Well, the great Three thing, the great thing about five. It, you know, uh, now we're talking maybe about ahead of for an MLS Cup final. Yeah, I think I think people would pony up and get out there. Yeah. I think talking ahead of ourselves, if Seattle had to come here for this game, and you know, so Seattle supporters oh, yeah. and stuff like that, then you could get like not only the final, but days before the final, you could get marches, and yeah, a whole bunch of things that would be really cool and stuff like. Yeah, that. it would be. It'd be out of control. Yeah. Um, well, this is like um, this is Woo. this is. <laughs> wait, have we, I'm like since like have have we ever had a podcast where we're like, oh, the MLS Cup final? It's gonna be <laughs> next Tuesday or, or two Tuesdays from now is gonna be the greatest disappointment podcast. Oh god, yeah, yeah. Like, be like, ah, that was the season, man. <laughs> yeah, we'll be it'll be back to normal, back to square well, one. Well, we still these two games, stand-ups. two games. But you know what? Yeah. It's like there's been points of the season, and I think I've said it where it's like, the, this podcast has been going on for eight years now, and it's like. Well, if people have listened to it from the beginning in some of those years, <laughs> yeah, no, they, they I think they'll be very excited that we're have, we're talking like this. And I'm like, I don't care if we're talking pie in the sky or like all this stuff kind of hypothetical and, you know, big wishes and whatnot, because we haven't had been able to talk like this very often. So I welcome ever. I welcome this kind of discussion yeah. where we're like, oh, the MLS Cup final, we're playing Colorado or Seattle. Like, yeah. it's just never been like that on this on this pod. So, yeah. Well, and I give credit to the ambition of the pod, right? Because most people would be, you know, uh, rejoicing the five nothing win and spending an hour talking about that without, you know, what this leads Any to and where cr- this could bring us to us. And, thinking, yeah. sure, yeah. And if we can, I wonder if we can carry on. If we do succeed, even if we don't win MLS Cup, we're very proud of this team. 
And depending on how they play against Montreal, and they lose against Montreal, that's okay. But if we can continue on to next year, what will happen? Well, that's and that's really the key. Here, oh, right? Dunfield, Dunfield said today we're a dynasty. So. Oh no, he didn't. <laughs> Terry, Terry. Well, would you see him at McDonald's? Toronto has a dynasty for the next three years. He's well, he works years. for the club now. Yeah. I feel like, and I like, I like Terry Dunfield, I but I'm like, oh. You're you're a shit. You're paid shill. Yeah. <laughs> <Like>, well, <laughs> it's true. He paid by the team. He's not. What's he gonna say? He was shill. What's he gonna say? Little man. Anyways, um, hey, let's swing it back to positivity. Uh, well, I am. I am being positive. Right? <laughs> you're positive. They're a dynasty. No, but like this, like a caveat at the end. Of the, like just throw this out there. It's like that's an important thing he just says. Like what happens after? Like after the whatever happens after the season. Yeah. You know, you you. I think you always whatever happens, whether you win a title. Or you come close, you have to be like chapter done, yeah. like or book finished. Yeah. Next, yeah. right? Like it's uh, or was it Gene Simmons where he, he celebrated when earning his first million? His mom's response was something like, "So when's your next?" Yeah. And he was just like, "Oh, you know, kind of all right, yeah, get on to the next thing." And that's that's probably a, something I'm, you know, I think we'll all be watching for. However, things unfold in the next month and oh, what don't happens. Do, don't next. do what Columbus and Portland did. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They're not even in the discussion. Okay. So let's leave it at that, guys. This was a perfectly length podcast. Andres Adarazi is on Twitter. Everyone knows that now. And he's, and he's tweeting out to people and having conversations. <laughs> not really. You, you are. No. You and Tuffy. Me and Tuffy. Life. That's it. That's what. That's a normal conversation. Yeah. Okay. That's it. <laughs> that's it. All right. Well, there oh you go. God. <laughs> uh, Tuffy, get out to Andre on Twitter. And uh, Aaron's obviously he's at Prospect Eleven and EMB Sports. Yeah. Um, just taking care of business these days. Business, Rocking yeah. the Orlando Pirates there jacket. Classic championship manager, uh, dynasty club. <laughs> Going way back. And, and all uh, the FIFA games, too. They're always in every FIFA game. Yeah. Anyways, people Bernard know... Parker, <laughs> Bernard Parker. Right? Yeah. Guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, people know where to get me. Clark RNO at Red Nation Online on Twitter. Info or have your say at rednationonline.ca. Uh, any comments or questions or uh, what's our other segment? It's like uh, errors and mistakes Error, yeah. <laughs> that we said during the pod. Feel free to send it in. Was it, something it doesn't I matter. Said? Yeah, it was <laughs> that's a good one. It was something I said. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll say it the next podcast. We got a couple weeks to go, guys. So uh, looking forward to that to the Montreal. No Korea podcast. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see how next weekend goes. Throw that up there. If anyone wants to watch the game, Aaron, you, you like to watch the game. All right, we'll talk. We'll see you next time. If not, we'll see you on the 22nd. Thanks for listening, guys. Catch you next time. We want you to get involved. Reach out to us on Twitter at Red Nation Online or by email at info or have your say at rednationonline.ca. Get in touch with us. Let us know how you thought the team did. Agree, disagree. It doesn't matter. Also, check out our other podcasts on Red Nation Online, From the Black Hole, Ours is the Fury, and our interview series. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time.